Ladies and gentlemen, before we get to the show, I wanted to let you know that the Handlebar is a lovely craft beer bar and restaurant right here in Chico, and they have an even lovelier happy hour seven days a week from 2 to 6 p.m., during which you get a dollar off all of their craft beers on draft. They have 28 of them. I'm not kidding. That's a real deal. Seven days a week from 2 to 6 p.m. That's four hours at the Handlebar. A dollar off any of their awesome draft beers. You can drink them inside, at the bar, at a table. You can drink them outside on their newly renovated gorgeous patio. It's lovely here in Chico right now. Johnny and I highly encourage you to check them out. They're located at 2070 East 20th Street, south end of town, right next to Winco, right next to Best Buy. Again, that's the Handlebar. Here's the show. Why don't we begin? This is Fresh Hop Cinema. Hey, and welcome to Fresh Hop Cinema. This is a craft beer and movie podcast and radio show based out of Chico, California. My name is Max Minardi. I'm Johnny Summers. Welcome to the program. This week on the show, our thoughts on The Northman. It's the latest from director Robert Eggers, who you might know from his previous films, The Witch and The Lighthouse. The Northman stars Alexander Skarsgård as Amleth, a young prince who, after the murder of his father, makes a vow to escape and return to save his mother and kill his treacherous uncle. Because no discussion of Viking exploits is complete without some alcoholic beverages, we're drinking beers today from Porchlight Brewing from right just south of us in Sacramento, California. The first is a beer called Laser Blowfish. It's a hazy IPA at 6.5% with Comet, Citra, and Mandarina Bavaria hops. And the second beer is Grizzly Chatham's, an American IPA at 6.7% featuring Citra and Mosaic hops. Right. If you're listening on KZFR 90.1 FM, we hope you're having a wonderful Thursday evening. And I hate to make it worse by telling you that unfortunately you won't be hearing our episode today in its entirety. You're only going to get the first beer review and the spoiler-free portion of our discussion of The Northman. Yes, young Maxwell. But if they wanted to hear the full conversation, which includes spoilers for The Northman in the Danger Zone and a review of that second beer, plus Hot and Bothered, where could they go? Johnny Summers, they could go to Spotify, they could go to SoundCloud, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, etc. You know the deal. Uh, or they could just go to our website. We drop new episodes every Friday morning at 7 a.m. And hey, if you like the show, guys, feel free to leave us a five-star rating or a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know that you did. We love that kind of stuff. Uh, for all your social media needs, you can find the show on Instagram for photos, Letterboxed for film reviews, and Untapped for beer reviews. We are at Fresh Hop Cinema at all those places. Or like I said, our website, www.freshhopcinema.com. Indeed. And if you would like to give us money to help keep us amazing, check out patreon.com slash freshhopcinema, where you, the loyal listener, can become so much more. You can become a patron yeah, and help keep this thing going. It's as little as a dollar a week. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you can give more if you want. There are rewards. There's perks. There's different levels. There's so much to it. It's not that complicated. It's only Mildly difficult? I'd say I'd say on a scale of difficulty one to ten, it's like a two. Signing up? Yeah. Yo, it's like a one or a two. It's so easy. That's pretty easy. Even you, a caveman. If you are it. listening to this on a smartphone, you can sign up for Patreon. That's a great way of putting it. So what is it? It's more of us and less of everything else that matters in your life. Yeah. Yeah. We're the most important thing. We're yeah. the only entertainment you need. <laughs> and if you want more, you should sign up. You get bonus episodes every single week. We do ridiculously awesome events. Mm -hmm. We're going to be doing some barbecues and bar hangs. Mm -hmm. A lot of times we open up, if we know we're going to a movie, we'll open it up to patrons that live sure. here locally. Sure. You get a chance to check out a movie with us. We've also done movie nights where we've rented out a theater mm -hmm. or a big block of tickets. Uh, the fun is literally endless. It is. So it is. 
you should consider joining up if you like what you're hearing and you want to just get more involved. Yeah, again, that's patreon.com slash fresh hop cinema. We sure would appreciate the support. Let's get into beers of the week. This is Porchlight Brewing. They're first timers on our show, Johnny Summers. Um, this September is going to mark their fifth anniversary as a brewery, so they're kind of a new brewery. Uh, they're having this big old party. If you're into that sort of thing, they're down in East Sacramento, a few minutes off the 50. You can find them uh, online, obviously. They're at porchlightbrewingcompany.com or if you want to find them on Instagram, it's Porchlight Brewing Co., and the first beer we're going to drink, like you said a couple minutes ago, is called Laser Blowfish. It's a hazy IPA. It's 6.5%. Tell me where you got it, sir. I picked this up in Sacramento last week at Curtis Park Market. Good shout out to them again. Yeah. I've really got to get down there. I'd like to see this mystical place you always talk about. They have some really cool stuff. I really like buying through there. Um, all right. Well, so Laser Blowfish originally released in late December of 2021. That was the first time they ever put it out. And then a second batch came out in March of this year. And that's what we are drinking here today. It got its name from an ideas board at the brewery and was pulled from a category on the board of band name mashups, if you haven't put it together. In this case, Major Laser uh, and Hootie and the Blowfish. Um, of course, Major Hootie seemed like too good of a name to ignore, so Nick, the head brewer at Porchlight, made a point to put it on the bottom of the can right next to the canning date. Ours was canned on March 11th, 2022, so it's super fresh. Um, and I asked Nick what hops went into this beer and why he chose those hops. And uh, Johnny, why don't you tell everybody what he had to say? Yeah, so in quotes, Comet, Citra, Mandarina, Bavaria, Bavaria, my God, uh, which we chose for their fruit forward characteristics to bring some of that juicy, cush, heavy flavors people are looking for in a hazy, or at least what I'm looking for. Uh, the can was also designed by Jefferson Miller. So shout out to Jefferson. Yeah, and give a shout out to him. It's a super cool can. I'm sure that's, um, as in many cases, Johnny, what grabbed your eyes when you picked this out. It's a factor. Do you yeah. want to uh, tell me what it looks like? Uh, so it is a, a blowfish, essentially the size of a Hindenburg, sure. with lasers coming out <laughs> of its mouth, destroying a city in a very Godzilla-like fashion. Think if Mothra was a blowfish. Uh, really cool. Oh, there's two of them. Too. Yeah, comic book style kind of illustration. Very, very graphic novel esque. Really dig the can. Super bright pink, like faded into a kind of a, a sunburst on the the blowfish, and then looks like the city's on fire. So that's cool. Yeah, I'll also point out it is actually Sacramento. You've got um, a couple of landmarks here that you oh, can sure tell enough. is actually Sacramento. So, but I think other than that, man, great, um, great description. Yeah, I'm gonna pass that over to you. I've poured some in my glass. It looks it looks like a cross between a uh, a West Coast and an East Coast IPA to me. Not terribly hazy, but not in any sense clear. Mine's got a little bit of head left, but a little bubbly and some lacing around the edges. I haven't drank it yet, but I am smelling it a bit. I saw you just stick your schnoz in there. Yeah. What are you getting? It smells really like big. It's very present with some almost muddled fruit notes. Yeah. Yeah. Really hoppy, you can tell already. Yeah. I'm, um, I guess I'll disclaim this now. You called me out on this right before we started. I've had sort of a long office work day. I've sent a lot of emails, been staring at screens. So I'm, um, sort of finishing an iced latte. Um, so I'm going to disclaimer that if you hear me starting to say things like it tastes roasty and, and like bitter and espresso y, that's probably the coffee talking. Um, you've tried it though. Mm -hmm. Thoughts? It's, it's pleasant. It, it's not quite what I expected. It's a little bit softer. Than I was anticipating. It is a, an, it says any IPA on it. So that's a New England IPA or a Northeast IPA. So yeah, you're going to get not too many sharp pointy edges. Yeah. It's nice and soft. It, it tastes, it's got a squishy bitterness to it, if that makes sense. It just, it reminds me of like overripe fruit mixed with hops. Yeah. Ever, I mean, it had like an overripe orange that's like sickly sweet. And then yeah. 
it's that with bitterness. And that's what kind of, I get this vibe. Yeah. This, the beer tastes like the opposite of what the can implies in a sense. Cause, cause I mean, at least the blowfish on this can are very, very prickly, very sharp, a lot of destruction, explosions, loudness. Mm -hmm. This is a very soft and sweet beer. It is sweet. And I'm guessing it's too sweet. And I meant soft and sweet as a personality trait, but it is also sweet uh, as flavors go. <laughs> but I'm guessing this is probably on the sweeter side for you and not hoppiness, not hoppy uh, aggressiveness. Not enough of that. Well, like the first two thirds of it are very sweet, but then you get this this bitterness kind of in the, the, the back half of your tongue and then it finishes like really with a punchy bitterness and, and kind of a yeah. dry note. So yeah. it, it reminds you that the the last three letters in the style of this beer are IPA. Nice. Just, okay. just barely at the end. It's I like this. I agree with you. It does. It starts off sweet. And now that I've had two drinks, I had my second um, right when you started that sentence, it does have some sharpness on the end, which I'm super into. Like venti sharpness or grande? <laughs> some, uh, Trenta. Trenta sharpness, okay. my friend. Um, I've, yeah, this is a great beer for this time of year, too. It's about, uh, what is it, like 75 out today in Chico? Something like that? Yeah, I think 80. Yeah, like a, a nice warm spring day. Mm -hmm. uh, great. This would be a great beer just sitting out, sunbathing on a rooftop. Uh, it's not. It's it's heavy enough where it could work in multiple seasons, which I always appreciate in an IPA. But it's not so heavy that it feels like it would just, like this would kill my palate or anything. Kill my palate or kill my will to like get off the couch. For sure. Yeah. yeah a, a light drinking hefty IPA I think is a really... Uh, a really great balance to strike. And I'm thinking this one's doing that for me. Well, yeah, there's so many in this genre where if you had like a full 16 ounce pour of this, you wouldn't be very motivated to do much of anything. Yeah. And I, I like this that I think you're right. It is definitely on the lighter side. I, I dig the spear though. I think it's a good first impression. Uh, it's not life changing, but I think it's super above average. Like Agreed. I'm, I'm very impressed. It's another addition to an already stacked lineup of great local breweries that we have in sure. Sacramento. Uh, and I've always heard nothing but super high praise. And I feel like I've had a couple of their beers on draft. Yeah. I'm pretty sure the Commons gets their stuff up. Uh, okay. Pretty, Maybe. Oh, that might be it, dude. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. So I've had a couple and I couldn't name them if you bet yeah. me $100. But I know that I've always thought they were pretty good. Yeah. So uh, professionally speaking, review them on the podcast. I, I enjoy it. I think it's solid. I think it's well made. I enjoy the contrast of the bitterness to the sweetness, I think it's it's not too much of either one thing. And that's obviously where the scales can tip too much and make a beer unenjoyable to either extreme. So oh, I dig it. Yeah, I agreed there. I also think that that maybe it's just recency bias because we've it's seemingly done a lot of hazy IPAs that have been Imperials. So I've kind of been loaded down by high ABV ones. And mm -hmm. to have one that comes in at six and a half percent and is as drinkable as this one is, is mm -hmm. really refreshing. You mean you didn't want to do another triple IPA? It'd be fine. Like that one was good from um, Short Throw. Short Throw. Yeah, it was great, man. Um, but yeah, like there's something really refreshing and, and just like you can almost take a sigh of relief. Like it's just an easy drinking hazy IPA that isn't too sweet. It's not too bitter. It's just a solid, solid beer. Plus the can's really cool. The can's really cool also. And the backstory is great. And um, it's always fun hearing or getting a little peek behind the curtain from a brewery. So that's always lovely too. Yeah. Thanks for getting back to us, mm -hmm. Porch Light. Yeah. Um, any negatives? Any nits to pick? I, I mean, I think just the the overall mouthfeel feels a bit big. And I don't can't think of any other words to describe it other than a little just squishy. Yeah. Like it's got a, a, a mouthfeel that's really present and almost overwhelming. Okay. Um, I disagree. I think it's, I think it's right on par for what, what this beer is offering. Uh, but I could see that being a thing. It's, it's certainly, um, yeah, it's certainly a big mouthfeel beer. It's got a lot going and it feels audacious and, um, it's not trying to sneak through your mouth necessarily, but I dig it. Um, it's again, yeah, for me, not a perfect beer. Um, 
or, or it's not that it's not perfect. It's just not, yeah, blowing me out of the water. Uh, I'm sure there's a blowfish pun there somehow. But I really, really do dig this. Nice. Do you have any other thoughts on this or do you want to give it a rating? Uh, no, super stoked to have them on the show. I'm loving how responsive they were and involved in the process. And uh, yeah, I'm ready to rate it. I okay, I'm into it. Out of 10, what do you have? Out of 10, it's like a 7-3 all day. Pretty solid, dude. Yeah, it's a super solid beer. It's, I mean, and this isn't stylistically my favorite or what right. I'm reaching for a lot. It would have ranked higher for me, but it does have that mouthfeel that I feel. I think it's going to just be a bit too lingering. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, this beer is going to stay with my palate a little bit longer than I would like an IPA to. So uh, other than that, it's real solid. If you're into this style of beer, mm -hmm. I think it's worth a try for sure. It's specifically the mouthfeel that's staying with you? The mouthfeel and a little bit of that aftertaste, yeah. Yeah, For okay, so for me, it's the aftertaste. And it, it actually is where I'm getting the bitterness. It's right on mm -hmm. the end, back of the mouth. And I would, I guess if I was nitpicking, which we are at this point, uh, I would like to have it finish a little bit more like the rest of the drinking experience has been. Yeah. That said, for me, it's an eight. I yeah. really dig this beer. Absolutely. Um, I'm probably going to have a little bit more from the can and if, to reach it before you do. <laughs> I wish anybody could have seen how fast I just did Ooh. that. It was so quick. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Well, uh, unless, do you have any more thoughts on, on Laser Blowfish, my friend? I do not. Okay, then once again, you are listening to Fresh Hop Cinema, possibly on a Thursday evening on KZFR 90.1 FM. If you get a chance to try Laser Blowfish from Portside Brewing, we want to know what you think, so don't hesitate to reach out. And while you're at it, take a picture of yourself drinking it and tag us on your social media at Fresh Hop Cinema. You can also email us at fhccast at gmail.com, or if you're enjoying the show, leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Next, you're going to hear a trailer for this week's featured movie, The Northman. Uh, no spoilers in this next segment, so do not worry and stick around. We'll be right back. Now, behold. He's here. King, my lady, the king. Your fate is set and you cannot escape it. How oh, I've missed you, my son. One day this kingdom will be yours. Thank you, father, my king. Kill your 
Well, if you're just joining us, you're listening to Fresh Hop Cinema, a show about the worlds of craft beer and film, possibly on KZFR 90.1 FM. Subscribe to Fresh Hop Cinema on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts to hear this discussion in its entirety. It's going to be at your ear tips tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. So at the end of this, if you just can't get enough and you want to hear the rest, there's plenty more to digest. Uh, what you just heard was a trailer for this week's movie, The Northman. Okay, here's the uh, here's the the generic internet synopsis, which I think is a good enough jumping off point. <clears throat> Pris, and, and no, it's not. Prince Amleth is on the verge of becoming a man when his father is brutally murdered by his uncle, who kidnaps the boy's mother. Two decades later, Amleth is now a Viking who raids Slavic villages. He soon meets a seeress who reminds him of his vow to save his mother, kill his uncle, avenge his father. You just heard him say it more dramatically than I ever could in the trailer. Like we said at the top, this is directed by Robert Eggers and written by Robert Eggers and Shion, who is a, a Scandinavian author and, in, in this case, screenwriter. Now, we're going to get into the cast here. And, Johnny, I thought we'd play a fun game. And by fun, I mean fun for me, where I will tell you the actor's name and you tell me the name of the character they play. So... This film stars Alexander Skarsgård. As Amleth. Nicole Kidman plays his mother. As Queen Gudrun. You have Clay's Bang. As Fjolnir the Brotherless. Nicely done. Anya Taylor-Joy. As Olga Olga of the Birch Forest. Ethan Hawke. As King Arvindil War Raven. Willem Dafoe. As Hymir the Fool. I give you an A+. Plus. Thank you. That was very well done. I love that you stumbled on Olga, of all the things. Yeah. That's uh, my tongue. Sure. Stupid um, tongue. Cinematography shout out here for Jaron Blaschke. Uh, Jaron's worked with Robert Eggers before on The Witch and The Lighthouse. This was edited by Louise Ford. Came out in the United States on April 22nd. And it runs two hours and 17 epic minutes long. Johnny, we've had this on our radar for a while. This is one um, that I think was... I believe halted because of COVID, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah. And, and then, yeah, one of the last sort of stragglers of that bygone era. Um, but nonetheless, we were very excited to see it. Um, you like The Witch. You mm-hmm. don't like The Lighthouse. Correct. Okay. I, I, for sake of balance, I'm going to say I don't like, like The Witch and I love The Lighthouse. Mm-hmm. Although I do like The Witch. I just don't love it. That's fair. Um, but Robert Eggers is one of those directors that does seem to have the ability to divide people because his films aren't necessarily what you expect going in. And I should have known that, but I did kind of go in expecting a Viking epic. And I don't think that's fully what I got, but I want to hear your thoughts first. What did you think of the Northman? Uh, I'm going to agree with that statement wholeheartedly. And I will caveat my whole review with this was most definitely a very Robert Eggers movie. Mm -hmm. If you're familiar with his work in either the witch or the lighthouse, you will know that his movies burn about as fast as like a thousand year old oak tree, sure. meaning that it feels like they take an entire week. Yeah. Um, so you kind of have to know that going in and I was, but I wasn't. Um, this hits me with some expectations that were not potentially lived up to. I'm kind of in the same camp as you is, you know, I saw the trailers, I, I read the synopsis and I thought, okay, this is going to be like Robert Eggers doing a Viking epic Mm -hmm. and it was, it was going to be a little bit more action driven. Um, and it really, it wasn't, uh, overall, this movie was fantastic to look at. There was beautiful cinematography. Some of the, the wide scenes in the landscapes were gorgeous. Uh, really did enjoy Skarsgård as the main character. I liked him quite a bit. And Anya Taylor-Joy was fantastic. I thought Nicole Kidman was completely distracting. She was probably my least favorite part of this movie. Okay. Uh, but for me, this movie didn't land. Uh, mm-hmm. Not not, not so well at all. I, I was bored. 
Oh, snap. Yeah, I know. I know. I I had caffeine before. I was fully intent on going in critic mode. And it just, it left me just wondering why it needed to be so long. I think Hmm. it was a bit long in the tooth. That slow burn, it just wasn't punctuated by enough action for me. And I don't know if that's the expectation of, of a Viking action movie and everything we saw in the trailer being action and revenge fueled fury. It just seemed so different from what I expected in that it was a slow burn. It was a lot of plotting. It was a lot of sitting around campfires saying I will get my revenge. Mm-hmm. It was a ton of buildup. Mm-hmm. And, and there was a payoff, and we'll get to that in the the danger zone but i think this movie had some pretty remarkable pacing issues for me uh, i'm sure people will think differently but i guess that's my take is it just it left me wanting and it left me overall fairly disappointed okay um but it sounds like you're saying expectations are a big part of this yes which i think is probably fair partially because we've been given so many and maybe not just viking movies but like like a hero's journey in an olden time where it's man versus world sword in hand kind of mm-hmm. thing. So I, I don't even think the expectation is entirely your fault. I think it's a cultural expectation and and it's one that I had too, but it becomes pretty, pretty clear pretty quickly in this movie that it's not what it is. I think, and I don't think it's giving anything away. We've already said that his dad gets murdered. It's by his uncle. That's in the trailer. Once that, once the time jump happens from his, his childhood into adulthood, it becomes clear that it's a little bit different of a movie. Like we don't see the traditional, like hero's struggles that he goes through. He, we jump in with him fully Vikinged out. Mm-hmm. Um, there was no training mm, montage. No, which, you know, I love a good training montage, man. Um, I, I don't know that I agree with you that I think that this was a slow burn. I think it is very Robert Eggers of a movie, but more so because I think of Robert Eggers as a director who spends a ton of time and attention to detail creating worlds. Like The Witch was so good of a movie, I think, because of the way that it was able to take people back into the, uh, the, what is the 1600s? I think something like that. Yeah. And he just pays so much attention to detail and stuff. And what I loved about, about the Northman is seeing this side of quote unquote, Viking culture, Scandinavian culture in the time period. Um, that is pretty not documented. There's not a ton to go off of like, or like in the lighthouse when it's in the 1800s, that's 200 years ago. So we kind of have some context, but the amount of work that went into fully realizing this culture, I found fascinating. So I got past the, all right, so it's not going to be the necessary, necessarily like war epic that I was kind of expecting, but maybe it's something else that I might find interesting, which I did, but I can see how it won't be for everybody, which is another way of saying it's a Robert Eggers movie, I mm-hmm. guess. Um, I really appreciated the way that they interwove Norse mythology into the actual reality of their world. There's talk of Odin and Freyr, which is another god, and, and how the char- I know a little bit about that, not a ton, obviously. Um, but how the characters uh, acted based on their belief system, I think is super cool. And, and Vikings are nuts, man. I also think that it's a bold move for Eggers to make a movie where you're not, I wasn't really rooting for the character. I think I might've said that to you on the way out of the theater. Um, Cause they don't, they don't try to, they don't try to convince you that like Vikings were like secretly good. Like one of the first scenes that we see him fighting is like really pillaging a village and like doing some horrible stuff to people. And in the background, like, there's like rape happening and like kids getting killed. And there's no illusion that this is a peaceful time. There's no love story woven in. And I mean, there is, but it's not um, your Hollywood love story. Yeah. The Vikings were not romanticized. No. And I think that's great because the culture was, is very, very intense. And to see that much attention paid to it 
and, and the reality of what life was like, I really appreciate. So I liked it. Yeah, I think if I watched it again, one, it would be with subtitles, sure. and two, it would be with uh, much different expectations. I think that's fair. I mean, I didn't love The Lighthouse until I watched it a second or third time. And the we, fact that you've even watched it three times. <laughs> I like that movie a lot, man. Um, and there's an argument that we can have and we have had about the merit of just being able to watch a film one time, because often that's all we get. We only get to try beers one time sometimes. We get to try It's not really true with the beer. I guess you can sip it multiple times. But yeah. a movie... You can often only watch one time, and that's your opinion, and you got to form it on that. But if you can watch a film again, I think there's merit in, uh, you know, yeah, gaining more insight into what went into it or what you can get out of it from multiple viewings. So it would, it would, I could see this movie almost being mandatorily watched twice because yeah. you get so much more out of it. You know that you're you're not there for the action epic. You're not there yeah. for the the super violent hack and slash revenge film, mm -hmm. which I mean is what I wanted. Let's be honest. That's 100% what I wanted. Sure. It's what I expected. And I think I was just kind of sad the rest of the night because I didn't get it. Because well, I thought Robert Eggers doing that yeah. would be so well shot and morbid and beautiful to look at. Like mm -hmm. that would have been such a rad thing. And it took me a while to wrap my head around that that wasn't what I was getting. And I could not get into the gear of like enjoying it for what it was. Let's not give off the impression that there isn't violence. There is, but if, I don't know if I'm, if I'm desensitized or what, but I didn't really. <laughs> really? Yeah. There was, there's a couple of moments that I won't give away now, but like there were moments where I, I think I literally was like, oh my God, like, yeah. that's brutal. Um, but it's it's not the um, constant beating you over the head. There's moments, which for me works better because it's so sporadic and, and infrequent that when it does happen, there's a particular scene where you see um, some dead bodies in a certain fashion, which really was like disturbing to me. Yeah. Um, but I do get what you're saying. Like it's not a level of something like, um, you know, John Wick comes to mind for some reason sure. just because of the, the, the frequency of those kills. You know? Well, and the style of the violence, too. A lot of these shots were a portrayal of violence after it had occurred. So there, there's a certain, like, weight that gets taken away from seeing something happen versus just seeing the aftermath. Maybe I'm just, like, hung up on the ones that I saw because I'm only thinking of examples that happen right on screen. Mm. Well, I'm going to write that down for the danger zone because I'm going to make some points there. Um, but, but you're right. Like it could have been more, there's not like huge battle scenes and, um, and that changes the vibe. I mean, that would, again, that's not what this movie is. So sure. it's not really taking much away from it to say that there's only one battle scene. When I say battle, I yeah. mean, group of people versus group of people. Uh, yes, that's fair. And I hesitate to even call it a battle. Yeah. It's more of a massacre. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, speaking of, um, something you said a moment ago, call that a transition. Um, this, there was, because of the lore in this, did you have any vibes of the green Knight? A little bit just because of the mysticism and the totally. deeply rooted, you know, yeah. religion. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I couldn't help thinking that David Lowry is much more adept at handling that stuff than Robert Eggers, mm. which, you know, David Lowry is a tough bar to meet. So, but I think there's, there's a lot of similarities, especially when it came to like the mysticism of a particular weapon in a movie, like in the yeah. green Knight, you have the ax and here you have the night blade. Yeah. Which is super cool. Like the idea that you have to go find this sword to complete your fate and take it, you know, however you do. I think a big part of why I couldn't get into what this movie was actually being mm -hmm. was that it went from an action revenge film to something super detail oriented. Okay. And because I didn't understand what they were saying most of the time, 80% mm -hmm. of the details fell through the cracks for me. I was yeah. kind of like, 
it was so hard to understand what they were saying. Mm-hmm. Like the accents started to bother me and annoy me at one point because yeah. they were diluting my movie going experience. And I feel like if I could watch this again with subtitles, like if I knew what the name of that sword was that he had to go yeah. get, yeah. I would have been immediately invested. Like you're talking about old Dungeons and Dragons. Sure. Right? Give me those details. Give me the quest. Yeah. Give me the name of the zombie dude he has to fight. Because like, part of me just saying Nightblade, you were like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. I'm like I'm so, yeah, it perked <laughs> me up. I'm like, that's, yeah. That took me out of it. Totally. And I think I, I know I leaned over and said at one point, like, this movie screams for subtitles. Yeah, for sure. Um, because, yeah, if you're going to be that detail-driven, mm-hmm. just character study, character development with little punctuations of action and way more about yeah. all the minutiae, I want to be able to consume every possible crumb of that. Yes. So take that away. Johnny's yep. a sad boy. Sure. Dude, that's kind of how I felt about Tenet when that came out. Cause like so much of that movie characters wearing masks. Yeah. And you can't, and a movie with Tenet, like you can't even necessarily, you can appreciate the visuals, but it's not in such a textural way. Like I bet you could watch the Northman muted and just still really appreciate the visuals of it. Yeah. But Tenet is so like science driven and like, you got to know what they're saying. Yeah. And I was like, guys, come on. Like I can't, I can't follow this. We should get the the um, closed captioning devices for the hearing impaired that they have at the movie theaters. Yeah. You can get that. Yeah. Yeah. I've always wondered how that works. Like, do you get a little screen where you get like the subtitles on the screen? I think, I think you're thinking of the things for the visually impaired. No, they have descriptive audio service, but they also have closed captioning for the hearing impaired. Oh, well, that's very cool. Uh, We should, in our off time sometime, put a pin in that. Let's look up and see how that works. Pin. Yeah, we we could always, that'd be fun bonus. Go to a movie. And, and document the differences in the experience. Yeah. Yeah. Or just sure. see what it's like to have subtitles at the theater. Yes. Yeah. It'd be kind of neat. Cause I watch subtitles with everything. I know you do. Anyways, let's reel this in. Yeah. Um, sure. Any final thoughts before we get out of this segment and get into the nature zone or are you ready to rate the North? Yeah. I've got more thoughts on this, but they're going to unfortunately have to wait for our just exclusively our podcast listeners. Cause we are running short on time for our radio listeners. So a uh, long way of saying I'm ready to rate it. If you okay. Are. Max, go ahead. I'm so torn because I do think it warrants a rewatch, but I don't think that a movie should demand a rewatch. You should, that shouldn't be an entry level. Like it shouldn't be a qualifier. So that feels like a barrier of entry. It does. And, and, and I still appreciate it a lot about it. Um, so I'm also torn because I have more thoughts, but I'm, I think, I think for me, it's a seven. Yeah. I think it's really solid. I'm flirting between a seven and an eight, but I think in good faith, I have to give it a seven for now. And I will rewatch this at some point. And but this is going to be my first time rating. That's what I'm rating it on. So seven for me. Um, why don't you, why don't you tell me what you got, man? Five point eight. That's hard on for for the exact same reasons. All right. But yeah, if I feel like I could just soak in all those details, like if you're going to be that detailed, yes. I, I need it. All. Yeah. And that's yeah. that's the bottom line. All right. Well, once again, you've been listening to Fresh Hop Cinema, possibly on KZFR 90.1 FM. The North Man is, of course, in theaters now. If you've seen it and have thoughts of your own, you can reach us on social media at Fresh Hop Cinema or send an email to fhccast at gmail.com. To our radio listeners, thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next and every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. on KZFR. As a reminder, if you want to hear the rest of today's conversation, which includes spoilers for The Northman, a review of that second beer from Porchlight Brewing and Hot and Bothered, head over to your favorite podcast app and subscribe to us, Fresh Hop Cinema. The rest of this episode will be available tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. And to those of you already listening on your preferred podcast application, we'll be right back. Danger Zone. Danger Zone. Danger Zone. Danger Zone. Danger Zone. Danger Zone. Danger Zone.
Welcome to The Danger Zone, everybody. Part of the show where we spoil the movie of the week. It is The Northman this week. If you've skipped ahead or you've accidentally cycled into this this podcast episode or you hear my cat in the background, that's what happens in The Danger Zone. It all stays in, baby. Um, Well, there's a gray area. Nicely done. Um, Okay, so we're spoiling The Northman. If you haven't seen it, you can go see it. You can pause the show. Come on back. We're still going to be right here sipping on tasty beers, talking about tasty-ish movies. Word. So, so So he had some tasty traps. Dude looked huge. He was jacked. Alex Skarsgård was, and he's not like a small guy. He's, no, he's six four, probably like two thirty. Oh, so he's got the frame to just carry some extra muscle. Totally. I was reading an article. Um, it was either with Robert Eggers interviewing or his one of his archaeological consultants, whose last name is Price. I can't think of his first name. John, probably. Um, I'm offended that you don't remember Robert Eggers' archaeological <laughs> consultant's name. The idea was, yeah, thanks, man. The idea was that, so they did so much historical research on this, and it's tough because there's very little historical evidence of of this period in time. Very mm. little was written, a lot yeah. of oral history, tradition passed down. Um, they were talking about the particular brand of warrior that um, Amleth is. Amleth, by the way, everybody, just um, what Hamlet was based on. Shakespeare heard about this story turned it into Hamlet, basically. A lot nice. of comparisons. Um, I feel like I wanted to throw that in. We know. We know. Someone was going to tell me. Um, anyways, he's like a berserker, kind of. Like, that's where this idea comes from, mm-hmm. is from the Vikings. Like, in, in the Lord of the Rings, they have berserker orcs. Like, it's it's this idea that there are these uh, warriors that get so hyped up, and, and, and over time, people weren't sure, like, are they doing drugs? Like, there was a long time people thought they were, like, mushrooms, and, like, people just get super high. Um, Robert Eggers and the team think very unlikely because no one's getting that high and like fighting and being like this elite fight. I don't know. I've got an argument to make for the fair enough. What, what they decided on for the movie is um, they would focus more on the shamanic rituals and stuff to get them in the zone to like, really that there's one word that was transcribed from back in the day on like a scrap of something. And it was like, like bear skin, I think. And they couldn't tell if they meant the skin of an animal bear or bear skin, like naked. Um, so they kind of decided to do both in this movie and there were like, there's like bear warriors and there's like wolf warriors and there's like all these this different lingo and ways of talking about these elite warriors. And what the whole reason I got on this was because of his body type. Basically, Robert Eggers wanted him to have like the build of a bear, but the agility of a wolf. So he was like the the the, the full package and the biggest like most effective weapon uh, to to live up to this prophecy and whatever. I think he did a good job. He looks menacing. No, he was fully convincing in the one battle, not battle uh, scene. Yeah. Where he's just walking towards just, the camera. Just like this. No just, one can see, but like this. <laughs> absolutely just intimidating. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a peak warrior specimen. Yeah. Like that's what you want your warrior yeah. to look like. Yeah. Like, yeah. The scene where he catches the spear thrown at him and then throws it back was just like. And it was such a quick, nonchalant scene. Like they didn't yeah. even zoom in on him when they did nope, it. Nope. I loved that. Same with when he dodges that arrow. Yeah. Same just, with when he dodges that ball in, I think, a pretty. We Quidditch? haven't talked about it. Yeah. What was that? It was Quidditch. Was the big dude about to kill that kid? Yeah. You can't do that. Like yeah. that. Presumably that big dude's like a slave also. Maybe. And that kid's running out of the stands like he's royalty. You can't just yeah. club him. Uh, did you notice that that was the mountain? No, it wasn't. That was the guy from. Was it really? Yeah. So the irony of him getting his face smashed in by a smaller dude. That's great. Yeah. Really. Are you sure that was him? I would put a hundred dollars on it. Well, I don't. I wouldn't. So I guess you win. But we could Google it. I guess. (laughs) Uh, You were just looking at his face, and you were like, "That's him." I'm like, "That's him for sure." It's funny. I'm pretty good at that sort of thing, and I didn't catch it. But we had a beard and stuff. Yeah. Um. Weird game though. Yeah. Like cricket, and also rugby, and also. 
Quidditch, I guess. Like stickball. Yeah, uh, field hockey come, came to mind as well. It's no very, rules. very field hockey like, adjacent. Just kill each other, I guess. I mean, there were rules, just not with the physical contact. There were clearly rules rules on how to score. Yeah, for sure. You, uh, it seems difficult. But yeah, other than that, uh, Native Americans played a game very similar okay. as well. Cool. Um, how do we get on that? Oh, agility, him yeah. like dodging stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, prime physical specimen. Yeah. Totally. Um, I, yeah, I had a really hard time because so I just, the whole point of the battle, again, reading one of these interviews, Robert Eggers wanted to make it clear because the, the viciousness of what these people do when they raid these villages is like just ruthless. They're taking slaves and they're burning buildings with people in them. There's a long shot where we just watch a door being pounded on from the inside as the building's on fire. Like at no point are you like, these Vikings are badass. You're like, these are not great folks. No, they didn't pull any punches Mm-mm. and it made them as, as uh, you know, despicable as they were yeah, essentially. Totally. I mean, they, and, their way of life was murder brutal, and steal. And, and to do that as a storytelling device to try to get, because usually that's what drives most audiences is, is belief and rooting for a protagonist. And I was pretty quickly like, okay, I don't really care about him. And then you find out, that his dad maybe wasn't the greatest guy or like was a weakling in his mother's eyes. And like, everybody's kind of shitty, I guess is the point. Mm. Uh, Anya Taylor joys character. Olga was cool. She, she was, was nice. Her accent though. It was just like her in, um, that X-Men movie. <sighs> yeah. What's it called? Uh, dark souls days of future. No uh, mutants, new mutants, new mutants. Sure. It sounds like her Russian accent. It's so, yeah. I'm like, is she just doing Russian? Yeah. wasn't <laughs> good. <laughs> Um, I meant the character though. Like, I guess I could root for that character. She seemed nice enough. No, she was. So maybe her. And I'm glad that she makes it out alive. Yeah. Um, they fight near a volcano. That was cool. That was, but it was so over the top CGI'd. Yeah, I, yeah. They're going to the yeah. volcano and I'm like, are we about to have an Anakin Obi-Wan moment? Dude. Yeah. I was thinking Lord of the Rings, but yours makes more sense. And we kind of do. And we kind of do. Um, oh, can we talk about my one note is is the visual kills versus off screen yeah aftermath. so like the ones that stick out to me someone gets a head cut off we see a horse's head get cut off dude gets stabbed through his nubby nose mm-hmm. like we just watched that just like slowly slowly those are the ones that he alexander skarsgård bites somebody's neck rips it out wolf that's the point of that yeah. by the way um those are all shown mm-hmm. what did you want what more did you want <laughs> you animal <laughs> <laughs> i don't know that was a total of less than two minutes. Like, what are you referencing that you're only seeing the aftermath? Uh, so the ceremony in the barn where the guy ends up, up upside down and eviscerated. Yeah, yeah. Then the bodies mounted to the wall, maybe in the shape of a lamb of some sort. Yes. Um, all of the other real shock value moments were all aftermath, you know? And then we see like the dead bodies with another chopped off horse's head. Okay. So it is the difference. Here's our difference is that for me, that is it. That's shocking. That's yeah, enough. See, that's not very shocking. You need to see it happen. Yeah. What I thought you were referencing is more like when the dude gets his head bashed in. Cause you're only seeing, you're seeing basically a shot from the oh, ground. No. Skarsgård headbutting him. That's, like, yeah, no, that was better than, I would prefer that over just the aftermath. Oh, really? For me, the aftermath doesn't have the same effect. It's just like seeing a picture. Huh? Yeah. Man, I don't, well, all right. Yeah. Difference in preference there, I guess. Way but, desensitized too. For sure. Like life and horror movies i guess it just it didn't it doesn't hit me as hard yeah i still think the spectacle of it is like that's the shocking part of course it'd be shocking to see it happen but yeah seeing the aftermath seeing those bodies nailed up to the wall was like okay yeah and for me like i know it's um how do i phrase this that makes sense that's 
shocking that that's there. Mm-hmm. That's a given. I'm a human. I'm not going to say that that's not shocking, sure. but it's easier to pull off in a movie mm-hmm. in the aftermath. You just need some practical effects, yeah. maybe a little bit of CGI. To me, it's more impressive to pull off fictionalized violence mm-hmm. in real time or live action and have it look real versus just showing the aftermath. To me, that's more impressive in a movie. And like, if I want a violent action movie, yeah, yeah. I think that's, to me, it's more impressive to see it in the moment, mm-hmm. to see the other people in that scene reacting to it, the person committing the violence reacting. Yeah. It just gives you a much broader scope of realism in the uh-huh. movie, uh, you know, than seeing dismembered body parts nailed to a wall. Up until you said broader scope of realism, I was with you. And I was going to say that we are talking about potentially two different sides of telling a story. And you seem to be talking about the delivery of the craft. Mm -hmm. You want the full visual experience. And I'm making the argument that even without seeing it happen, the narrative uh, heft of something like that is still there. Well, it's the same reason that they didn't include scenes of all out rape. It's the implication implication that makes it more terrifying. Yeah, now it sounds like you're agreeing with me, though. Well, so you're. Well, that's what I'm saying. We're saying the same thing. Narratively, it does the job. Yeah, but from a from an effects point, from a visual perspective, you think there's 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 um, benefits to showing it. Exactly, makes sense. But in the style of movie that Robert Eggers created, the use of violence that he employed applies much more practically to his narrative and sure. the movie that he's making. Um, Anya Taylor Joy at one point wanted to be in the lighthouse. She, she approached him about it and he said, there's no roles. And she said, I read the script, there's a mermaid. And he said, you don't want to be that mermaid. Just a fun little tidbit of information. <laughs> She's been wanting to make a movie with him ever since The Witch. And he was mm. like, this isn't going to happen. Yeah. Um, the last thing I really wanted to talk about was the the perception of what is real and what isn't. Yeah. Because there's a couple times, the one that comes to mind is when he gets the sword. We see him fight this uh, dead king, which by the way, was kind of cool because that looked like an old chamber, you know, they've been there for a while. Which is kind of neat to think about because they were kind of new there. So like, how old must that have been? Like, where does Blade come from? There's no exposition in this movie. He doesn't bother explaining like any of this. Which there was is, a little because there was a, a small montage of the people forging the blade and who oh, they that's were. So true. Yeah, yeah. So right. there that's actually a was a yeah. whole scene of exposition. You're right. That's for, for the sword. There definitely was. It's okay. I guess I meant more for the culture as a whole. Like we don't spend a lot of time like learning about much. We don't get hand fed who Odin is. No, which is good. That's probably true. Yeah, yeah. yeah like but, we didn't. Although what is the movie starts out with something, a deep voice rumbling. We see the volcano. What's that movie saying? What's the person saying? It's remember. essentially setting the whole plot. Right. Yeah. That felt very Shakespearean to me as well. A little bit. Like yeah. here's like, like one slow liquid to kick off the whole thing. Like, here's what you need to know, which mm-hmm. kind of does feel expositioning a bit. A boy. Yeah. Right. <laughs> finds a sword. Um, point is he fights this dead King or doesn't, it doesn't really matter. I don't think. And it raises this larger thing that happens in in Viking culture, or maybe Viking culture is too specific in 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 old Norse culture, which is the way they viewed, like Valhalla and gods. And from what I can tell, and what I've read from interviews with Eggers and and from this movie, is like it was all real. Like they literally believed that. Like in the in the case of when the when um his when Fre- Freyr no Freya Fjolnir. Fjolnir, not the god, the brother. His farm is being ransacked by Skarsgård. They think it's evil spirits. Like they just believe that like that's part of it. There's real evil spirits and like Valhalla is real. Everything is just as real as the tangible world. Mm -hmm. So something like the scene where he's um, fighting that sword, fighting for the sword, 
in his mind, it might've been what happened. Like he, he's fighting spirits and, and the way he experienced that is just, yep, nope, really fighting spirits. And then mm-hmm. it's left to us to decide like, did he just take the sword or did he fight something? Yeah. And at several points, Ravens assist him. Totally. You know, like, and, I don't uh, know, maybe, or, mean, or did he like channel his father's spirit and free himself? Well, Odin, Odin's Raven. That, oh, but his father was, I think his name's on our list. Um, 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 yeah. King Arvandil war Raven. That was mm-hmm. his name. So like, his father True. was a Raven. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Lots of ways to interpret it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think I would enjoy it way more watching this again at home with subtitles. For I'm sure. gonna just go ahead and say that. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. The the diluting or or rather redirecting expectation and p- being able to understand people would yeah. probably be super helpful. Yeah, because once that shift happens, I would have been here for it if mm-hmm. I could have been. And I feel like in yes. a lot of ways, like I wasn't able to. I get that. Be there. So. I, I really appreciate. So last week we covered everything everywhere all at once. Mm-hmm. We knew going in that wasn't going to be a traditional movie. Like we knew it was going to mm-hmm. be different. And, and because of that, we weren't expecting almost anything. Yeah. And I do think this movie is at a disadvantage because there is that cultural built in of, of a Viking revenge tale and whatever that means to people. But I think generally we would all think guy has tragedy, overcomes obstacles, wins girl probably, defeats bad guy. Yeah. And this is not that. And now knowing that, it's like, yeah, okay, let's watch it again. Mm-hmm. But it also is that. But it also is that. That's yeah, that's the true. fucked up. But thing. doesn't like doesn't defeat bad guy kind does, but also gets defeated. Yeah. Well, and in their culture, that's just as good as a victory. It's actually not. Oh, Here's really? Why? Uh, Hell, H E L, is how it's spelled. Um, it's also the name of the goddess of death. Hel- yeah, that's uh, Thor's sister. Sure. Um, is a place. It's like I can't. I don't really understand it. I've read very little on this, obviously. But but Valhalla is like you know, heaven heaven kind of, but like have warrior heaven. Hell is kind of like hell, but it's more like a purgatory. It's a very shameful place to end up. So when uncle's like, I'll see you in hell very conveniently in a volcano near his, his farm, Mm -hmm. uh, maybe a great place to plant a farm because I think that volcanic ash is very uh, mineral rich. I don't know. Um, not a great place to die is the idea. Hmm. So he didn't really get what he wanted, which makes me want to talk about that final shot of the Valkyrie riding into Valhalla. Was he Mm -hmm. on that horse? I couldn't tell. I couldn't tell either. But I, we saw that shot before, and he was strapped over the, you know, mm-hmm. withers. Um, and I guess that's an important shot to know if he was on there or not. Because yeah. I thought maybe she just left him behind. Hmm. But maybe not. Maybe he did go to Valhalla. Who knows? Or Valhalla. Maybe. Because, yeah, dying in battle is the move. Yeah. That's their shit. But it was, like, not battle. It was fighting his uncle. They were in battle. Though I thought the whole thing was, like, die by the sword. Yeah. Th- yeah, but I don't think like his dad wanted that. Like, I don't think his dad, his dad died by the sword, but like, I don't think that qualifies. I think it still qualifies. You think? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Died in battle. He fought off like eight dudes That's until true. they stabbed him point. 17 times and chopped off his head. Also great speech by Ethan Hawke there at the end. Like, yeah. can you imagine like he had an arrow in his neck and yeah. he's like, still like, may this haunt you for all of your days. You've killed. Great way to go out, man. Yeah, absolutely. So it, this movie did have shining moments. Yeah. That satiated some of my expectations. Yeah. But super, I'm honestly kind of stoked to watch it again. Yeah. yeah. Dude, I loved when they attacked the, the, the Ethan Hawke's character. Like the arrow comes out of nowhere. You're just like, just this. Oh. I mean, and that's how it would have been. Totally. And There's like, no score implying nope. an ambush. Nope. It's, it's just, just like you're de- oh, dead. The walk. There's an yeah. arrow. I expected him to be dead. I thought that arrow was going to be it. And I was like, oh, well, I guess we're just moving on. But he fought for a while. Which yeah. Cool. Yeah, the scene where the right after that, when you first see him rowing the boat as an adult, and mm-hmm. like one of his Viking mates just shoots those two people. And just like, like oh, fuck, man. It's a real crash yeah. course. And just like, yeah, the guy giggles about it. Mm-hmm. Vikings are gnarly, dude. I don't like them. I would not do well. No. They do so poorly. Yeah. 
that culture was not for you. Not a time to go back and visit time travel wise. No, would not. Definitely. No, def not. No. Uh, I want to bring up one more thing before we get to our second beer. Yeah. And that is Nicole Kidman's face. Oh yeah. What's wrong with you with this? What is, what is your issue with Nicole Kidman? When did her face get so wide? Wide? Her face is wider than her head. Like she's had work done. She's starting to look like one of those fake Barbie doll things. There, there's a couple people in Hollywood, um, Nicole Kidman being one of them. And, and it does seem to, I'm trying to think just to, yeah, it's like Nicole Kidman, like obviously, um, 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 I'll tell you right now. I'll tell you her name. Jane, Jane, help me out. You know, you don't know what I'm saying yet. She's in <laughs> that show on Netflix. We're going to get like three degrees deep here. The show with Martin Sheen. Turns out he's gay, splits up. She was also in the newsroom. I can't, Jane Fonda, good Lord. Oh yeah. Jane Fonda very famously um, has had a ton of work done. And she's also very old. Nicole Kidman, not as old. And I think it's a little, not more obvious, but more like, like Nicole Kidman is youngish. So people I think notice the work a little bit more. It's like, what are you doing? Yeah. Um, I wouldn't have said her face is, is wide necessarily. It's like her cheekbones are getting wider. Like the cheekbones were wider than the top of her head by like she an inch. She might have had some more work done. That's totally true. Yeah. It was distracting. I didn't find that distracting. Yeah. Um, but I did think, I liked her performance actually for the most part. I think she's very um, magnetic on that screen. She's very creepy. She is creepy. She was really flipped that switch too. Cause you go from thinking she's kind of a mother in distress and you get it like, she's probably just faking this and like wants to get out of here too. And then it's like, no, she's pretty evil. Yeah. So in that sense, I didn't like her. Yeah. Cause she's evil, mm-hmm. but makes sense. Um, you got anything else on the North one? I don't think so. Not until I watch it again. Okay. Uh, if anybody else watches it, please let us know what you think. We'd like to hear those thoughts. In the meantime, beer number two, beer numero two. Beer number two is, of course, again from Porchlight Brewing. This one is called Grizzly Chatham's. It's an American IPA. It's 6.7%. Johnny, tell me where you got it and anything you can tell me. Yeah. Again, American IPA. Got it at Curtis Park Market in Sacramento. They got that local hookup. Local hookup. Yeah. And actually, I'm going to take it to our friend um, back at the brewery here. For the details, here's what head brewer Nick Ostopchuk, please. I really hope, Nick, I'm saying that right. Ostopchuk, or did we think it might be... Um, Ostup- I'm not sure, but I felt like in the name of, of, of Viking names that we've already probably butchered today, I should give it a go. Just just say it as beefy as you can. <clears throat> this is what Nick Ostopchuk had to say. There it is. <laughs> said, Grizzly Chathams, or the Grizz, is part of an ongoing series spoofing historical figures of California's past. We did a coffee Blondale last year that we named Jet and Bias Smith. Obviously, this is a play on John Grizzly Adams, a fascinating character of California's 19th century history. But we blended in some Chad to at least take some pressure off the Karens of the world. For the label, we wanted to think, what if old Grizz was alive today, but he was like a super yuppie camper kind of guy, like a 150K decked out camper van that goes out twice a year kind of guy. Like most things, we don't have a logical explanation. Other than that, it makes us laugh. Am I falling in love with this brewery? You might be. Um, tell me about what's in the beer, dude. So Grizzly is a heavy with Citra as well, but much different hopping schedule and with a good amount of mosaic as well. A little fruity and dank, but more earthy, piney, as one would expect from a Westie. Yeah, very briefly, I, I took sort of Nick's responses out of context, so he was saying um, heavy with Citra as well, as as was our first beer. So I'm sorry for that weird grammatical way of having no worries. transition. Hey, I committed. I read it. I'm there. Um, all right, so you've poured it. This is an American IPA. This is right up your alley, um, though it seems like even stylistically not always the case, the first beer might have been up your alley as well. Exactly. 
So you've poured it. You are sipping it now. I can see it just cascading over your mustache hairs into your mouth. Um, and mm. you're contemplating. Okay. Enjoying. Okay. Okay. Walk me through it. So that is not just all hops like you would think. That's not the bitter, punchy, piney, resinous West Coast that we've known to, you know, be familiar with. Uh, that we've come to expect when someone says it's a Westie. It's sure. it's usually just way too bitter and not dimensional. This has got a delightful malt backbone that gives this heft, a little bit of breadiness and some body and a little sweetness that balances out the the hops in a really nice way. I am a fan of malt when used sparingly, but with intention. So this has that just enough to give you that counterbalance and add some layers to this to where it's not just bitter. And it's a different kind of sweetness than the first one. It's for sure malt that I'm getting. That's kind of that through line. Overdone, a beer can become so just undrinkable with too much maltiness. Um, there's a lot that come to mind uh, that yeah, do that. I don't have to put people no, on blast. <laughs> but I love that they incorporated the malt with intention and with with good ratios in the recipe to really accentuate this West Coast style. That nice, nice. There's, I don't have, that was really good, man. You said a lot. Thanks. You said a lot of things that I don't, I'm going to have to pull things out of my rear end to try to add more to that, mm. but I'll try. Um, it's super good. I like it as well. It's very well balanced. There's a sticky, robust quality to this that yeah, isn't always there. And, and part of that is, is the hoppiness, but I do think there's a huge backbone to this. You're, you're hitting the nail on the head there. It's very multi, very full bodied. Um, and I think you said robust too. And I think that's correct. Um, there's a, yeah, there's a conditioning in my brain that does make me think kind of what you hinted at, which is that a West Coast IPA, especially one that is as bold and outspoken as this one, at least by the label, looks to be, which is that, yeah, like we're the most big, aggressive, bitter beer you've ever had, which is fun, I guess, if you are particularly interested in one-trick ponies. And I, it's 2008. Totally. And I'm not really. I am much more interested in a nuanced drinking experience or, or a well-balanced one. Give me something with more than one dimension. Give me like at least two dimensions, baby. Maybe three. Call it three. I don't care. Fuck around and find four. <laughs> um, this is super good, man. It's, 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 yeah, it's the elevated West Coast IPA drinkers, West Coast IPA. Yeah, I dig this. It's, it's so not one dimensional. It has, I mean, how often do we have beers on this show that offer us nothing to talk about? It's a really well. Nobody knows that because we always talk about stuff. Yeah, but, because you know. we're goddamn professionals. But peek behind the scenes, guys. Sure, it's a little Patreon bonus level content. Sometimes beers are boring, That's, and we have to yeah. find things to say about them, either good or bad. Yeah. When I'm I, a lot, I'm gonna speak for myself. Sure. Sometimes beers are just meh, and like, yeah. How do you eloquently say that it's meh? Or like explain why you think it's meh. Well, that's where we're that we're good at that part. We're good at that. We've gotten good at that because in this wide world of craft beer, there's way more beers that are meh than are oh, which is great. I think that's the way it should be. Yeah. Because then you get beers like this, and you're like, yeah, that's right. That's what. That's why we like really well done beers. It really makes it easier to separate the chaff from the wheat when there's such a disparity in quality. The second wheat joke, not joke, but like thing you've said, it's said something else to me today. You said, what did you say? When the sun's out, grow the wheat. Well, or you something? know what they say? Make hay. When the sun's out, is that what? Yeah. yeah. Okay. When the sun's shining. Is hay even made from wheat? I don't. All right, buddy. I don't know. <clears throat> Anyways. <Yeah. laughs> no, it, it makes it so, it makes this this little gig of ours so much easier when a beer offers 
a little bit of nuance and kind of a different take on a well-known traditional style and adds something to it and doesn't bastardize it and doesn't ruin it. And it just accentuates it and makes it so much more fun to not only drink, but talk about. So for sure, I appreciate this beer on several levels. Yeah. It's also got the drinkability of something right around its ABV. It's, 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 um, yeah, 6.7%. Like you said, um, it is pitching in its own strike zone, just knocking them out of the park, baby. That's right. Um, yeah, really, really drinkable. Very bitter on the back end, which I can still appreciate. It's not a terribly dry um, palate killing finish. No. But it is bitter. It lets you know you're drinking in a West Coast IPA, which is great. You get a lot of that in the aftertaste. That's what I'm saying. A um, lot of sweetness up front, which is cool, but it, it does mellow out and doesn't fall into a malty sweetness either, which is great. It's a, it's a nice sort of one-two punch from the malty into the bitter, which is, I think, where uh, an IPA like this should live. I could use a little bit more carbonation. It feels a little bit weak in that sense to me. Other than that, very, very impressed with the uh, you know ounce that I've had so far. There you go. This is a killer beer. I think we uh, stumbled onto a gem here. We also need to point out, and I forgot to put this in our notes, but part of the reason this is probably so good is how fresh it is. Would you double check the bottom of that can? Because we are recording this on April 26th. This was canned on April 7th. Yeah. So massively fresh beer, 19 days old. Is that right? Yeah, sure. I don't know. I, I yeah. just agreed. Yeah. I didn't even think I about it. I was like, it's real fresh. Yeah, um, 19 days, sure. But yeah, anything less than, I mean, we're lucky if we get, yeah, like less than a month. That's great. Less than two months, three months sometimes, but less than a month, I'm very happy most of the time. Yeah, and also, shout out to local uh, brewer, friend of the show, Kyle Letty. I was we're, actually having a conversation with him last time I was down at Bike Dog yeah. about how sometimes a beer actually isn't even at its best until it's been canned or in a keg for a couple weeks which is that kyle just trying to cover his own a no because like, sometimes beers change and like get yeah, better yeah. and like that's not in their final form you talking about like ipas yeah yeah like they, right. they sometimes they need to rest which all right and i was like that's i'd never heard that okay well we're gonna need <laughs> nick if you could write in see what we can get a sacramento rivalry going now between bike talk and porch light like what's I mean, the he might have, he might have just been covering his ass i don't know maybe dude um, but I've literally never heard that in my life. And I trust Kyle, obviously. Yeah. He's uh, made some great beers. So, and, and most of them I've tried out of a keg. So, yes. Yeah. And I mean, I don't want to give too many industry secrets, insider information away, but there was uh, a, an unnamed beer that was in question for having some off flavors that disappeared after about seven days in the can. Because it was too fresh? It needed time to chill out. That's what he said. That's nuts to me. I don't know. I don't make beer for a living. Fair enough. I mean, we just, I taste we just it drink it, it and yeah. I get a halfway decent palate. So, I, and it went away. So sure. I'm like, I'm pretty sure he's right. All right. Well, back to Grizzly Chatham's then. Yeah. Um, this is great fresh. With that I, logic, three weeks old. Just perfect. Perfect. Great. Right, right in the wheelhouse. Um, I really dig this, man. I'm very stoked on it. This is fantastic. What don't you like about it? Anything? Not much. This reminds me of like, I want to say a better torpedo. Okay, hang on. <laughs> it's not, listen, man. It's got that malty yes. backbone that just is the through line, but it's incorporated with the hops in such a more drinking and less chewy way. It's also weaker than Torpedo. It is. And it's not trying to be an extra IPA. It's trying no. to be a West Coast IPA. Like, okay, first I was going to say Pale Ale. <laughs> Don't get all defensive. First I was thinking Pale Ale, but it, Pale Ale's obviously, I don't know, a Pale Ale. Sure. So 
what you compare it to from Sierra Nevada mm-hmm. that's known for kind of some malt forward. Beers. You know what you should compare it to is Tropical Torpedo, which is also very heavily mosaic hopped. Yeah. That's where your move is. Okay, I that think. makes sense. I knew there was one in the the spectrum of Sierra Nevada that yes. this compared to because they, again, are very uh, known for having some malt forward sure. beers. Sure. Uh, I think this is a, a, an elevated version of that ethos. I would drink this over Tropical Torpedo. Mm, that's tough. I like tropical. I torpedo. do too, but I don't have the undying loyalty that I apparently have for torpedo. I came guess out of not. Yeah, <laughs> you were ready to like go send me to Valhalla or some yeah, shit. You bro. should be so lucky. God, dog. Um, I mean, either way, to be thrown in the camp of those beers is yeah. high praise. Those are legends and titans of the industry that made it what it is. So, uh, upon the shoulders of giants, Grizzly Adams doth leap into my mouth, and Grizzly Chatham's. Yeah, that's what I said. Uh-huh. You know, that was such a good sentence. It Damn really it. was. You can do it again. I fucked it up. Nope, it's right. over. The moment's over. Anyways, the, yes, I like it. As I was saying, upon the shoulders of giants, Grizzly Chatham's cascades himself into my mouth for a magnanimous drinking experience, one that I shan't soon forget. Do you want to read it? Yeah, I do. All right. Uh, out of 10, Johnny Summers, Grizzly Chatham's from Porchlight Brewing. What you got? This is like a uh, 5 for me all day. I'm surprised it's not a 9, to be honest with I'm you. I'm not. Why not? Why, yeah, what's keeping it from being a nine? This seems world class by the way you're talking about it. It is. I don't want to crush this whole can. I don't want, you know, it's it's really good. I love the mm-hmm. flavor. I don't know. It might just be the day. I'm not super in the mood for this beer okay. right now. It's very high quality. Like 8.5 uh-huh. is a unbelievable it's a good, rating. It's a good rating. No, it's a great it's rating. It's a great rating. You're right. Breweries kill for that rating. For me. <laughs> they write me all the time. Johnny, what can I do to get an 8.5? Exactly. 8.5 <laughs> is is world-class beer. Like, yeah. seriously, I think I've rated Treehouse 8.5. Uh, yeah, if not lower. Yeah. So, no, this is phenomenal. It's just I mean, not the right day, but there's really no nits I want to pick other than what I've said. So, okay. no, I'm I'm really a big fan of this. Uh, I wish I would have gotten another can. Yeah, sure. Um, I would like to know if this is ever going to make it up to Chico, like we've pointed out several times. Now, it's very fresh. And... We know that kegs make it up here, mm-hmm. so I wouldn't be surprised if we saw cans in reputable uh, bottle shops. I don't know. Soon. I don't think they're distributed. I think that uh, no, the not. people that bring it up from Sacramento have an existing relationship, and maybe people that live there drive it up here, yeah, something like maybe. that. Uh, so I think that's their brewery direct right now. I'm pretty sure uh, Curtis Park went brewery direct. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, then... Um, Nick or anybody from the brewery listening, if there's a way we could get some of these, please let us know. I go down there sometimes. Um, and I would like more of this yeah. also because my rating's a nine. hundred percent. Also, Nick, let's come by the brewery and hang out, have a beer. I'd like to meet you. Well, yes, yeah, so they're having, I mentioned at the top of the show, they're having their fifth anniversary party in September. I think it was. We should um, definitely be there. Well, he invited that. us, which is very sweet. Now I don't think it was like an exclusive VIP thing. I'm sure it's like an open invite to the public, but I thought it was nice that he let us know. But what if it's not? And there's I'm a sh- velvet rope. Let's pretend. Yeah. Um, we should show up, like, you know, get a limo, to show, tuxedos. Up, show up in suits. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, it's in September. They had not announced the date on their website yet, but I will, um, at least Johnny, keep you posted. And then we can, yeah, maybe plan a weekend trip. It'd be fun. Yeah, I think we're in touch with them on Instagram. We're yeah. going to, we follow each other and stuff. Sure, so sure, sure. We'll sure. keep you, a listener, abreast, and maybe we'll have a uh, Patreon trip down That's, to the anniversary party. I feel like every few weeks I do have to do this, which is like plug Patreon out of order, like in, in this part of the show. Like, so this is something that happens on Patreon. I'll probably post in the Patreon Facebook group, like, hey, I'm heading down to Porchlight. Do you guys want me to pick you up anything? And then people- True. Give me money and then I go down and get beers for everybody. Yeah. Which is super fun. Yeah. And then I look like a big baller because I leave with like four cases of beer. You're like, yeah, what's up? Yeah, what's up? I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> so yeah. what's up? 
Um, like I said um, before, I think you you were already in the middle of a sentence, but this is a nine for me. I think it's a really, really good beer. Excellent. Um, no complaints really for me. I think it's fantastic. Other than I compared it to Torpedo. Uh, yeah, you compared it unfavorably. Well, you compared on, you put Torpedo in an unfavorable light, which is fine. I don't get any, I got, Sierra Nevada is great. Yeah, I drink this over Torpedo. <sighs> yeah, I would too. <laughs> you know, like, uh, Torpedo is heavy, man. It's it a heavy is. beer. It's thicker than a Snickers. It's a lot. Yeah, we need to update our website because I don't think that's my my go to beer anymore. I haven't that's, seen you drink a torpedo in like a year and a half. I've drank a torpedo before. So I haven't seen you. Drink I'll drink one in front of you. It's fine. <laughs> I'm gonna bring you a, one of those 32 ounce bombers. Yeah, I'll do it. It's just a lot. It is torpedoes a lot. It is, um, and that's I, fine. I would drink 32 of this though. I'm a sure. lot. People don't drink me every day. That's true. I have to I'd talk to you and then edit the show and then it's once a week. That's well, an it except takes a few days. I gotta tell. I gotta edit sound bites and you that's know. Fair. You know, I'm sorry. It's fine. Um, we're we're done with this, aren't we? Yeah, we All are. Right, that's Grizzly Chatham's. Um, that's it. 8.5 for you, 9 for me. Great beer. I'm going to have another sip. And what do you say we get into Hot and Bothered? Let's do it. Hot All right, welcome to Hot and Bothered. Johnny Summers, who almost tried to steal this beer. You still have some. New show rule. If you rate the beer higher than the other person, you get first dibs on the remainder. What if you just feel like getting drunk that day and give everything tens across the board? Now? Our integrity goes out the window. Fair game. I think that's part of it. No, that's like uh, insider trading or betting on baseball or something. Yeah, absolutely it is. All right. Did you not finish it just now? Did you leave like a tiny bit in that can? Just pour it, dude. That's an insult. You just left me. It's <laughs> only an insult to West Coast. The first beer was in East Coast and I no, didn't I want the schmutz. I forget. No, I thought you were giving it back to me. Like, I no, don't want that. No, no. I'm just in left. such the habit of not pouring out the last like quarter yeah, yeah. ounce. Yeah. Uh, sorry, dude. It's fine. God. Um, what could have happened is like, I just had to hear that luckily, but if I were wearing like a virtual reality headset, I would have just been able to see through your can and know that there was liquid left. God, you are like the biggest fan of Transitions. electronic transportation with two wheels and one handlebar. You love a Segway. Okay. Yeah. I would have gotten that in two seconds had you not spoiled it. I got a virtual reality headset is the point I'm trying to make. I got an Oculus 2. Um, how was, many oculuses are there? There's well, there's two. Okay. Actually, so they so I learned this, but but Oculus is owned by Facebook, which I didn't know. Okay. And Facebook, if you're not in the know, has been recently rebranded as Meta. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple months ago, maybe. So there's technically a third Oculus that came out, which is now um not Oculus Quest, but Meta Quest, which is super lame sounding, if you ask me. Oculus, very cool. Meta, not cool. This sounds like a basketball player. Yes, Meta World Oculus. Yes. Um, anyways, so I'm, I like go, I get a sports thing. You got a sports I, reference. I know, everybody knows Meta Hold World on, Peace, this man. needs to be acknowledged. Lakers, baby. So probably proud it was good. Um, um, so years ago, like 2012, I was looking into VR because it was coming out. It was like becoming a big thing, and I was like, maybe I'll get some VR. And it was like five thousand dollars to get anything. That's stupid. So then I was like, I'm never going to own VR. I guess. Well, I can sell my car or have VR. Right. Um, and the other day. A few months ago, a friend of mine started posting on Instagram, like, this is my home VR setup. This is what I play all the time. And I'm like, you're doing good. You must be making money. And then slowly but surely, I, he like posted more stuff. I'm like, it's in my head now. I'm like, well, maybe I'll look into this. And apparently you can just get a VR setup for like $300, depending on what you want to buy. Um, Four, if you want to get like the more storage one. But I got the Oculus Quest 2 with 128 gigabytes of storage. I love this move for you. I do too. And... It's not in here right now, but um, I went to Best Buy because they just had it. And I was like, I'd like to buy this, please. And I even asked the guy, even though I knew it, I was like, do I need anything else? Like, do I need like a super high processing computer or like 
a warehouse to do this in. And he was like, no, you just use that. Just so put it on, man. It's been pretty fun. I have yeah. a few games. One is kind of like Fortnite, I guess. It's called um, Population One. Okay. And you have to, you know, I won't take everybody's time with this for too long, but like you have these two little hands that you hold little controllers. Controllers, thanks. <laughs> you wear the headset. Just comes with two, two tiny two hands. Little tiny hands. <laughs> and like you go and pick up guns. And if it's like a two-handed gun, you have to use two hands. You like physically have to reload it and do stuff. And you look around and you try to like eliminate everybody and be the last man standing. I have never eliminated anybody or been the last man standing. It's a bunch of like 12-year-old kids that are very good and happy to tell you about it. So I just mute everyone. Hmm. There's also Beat Saber, which is like Guitar Hero oh, plus seen, Fruit Ninja. You have that? Yeah, you can play it in a minute. Super fun. Oh, that's cool. Um, and then I also play Echo VR, which is what my friend who kept posting about had. It's like, it's like Ultimate Frisbee plus Soccer in a zero gravity environment and you're like this little androids so you got like little jets that come out of your hand and you kind of push yourself and grab onto stuff and i punched a wall on my first night nah. um like i literally like i cleared out some space in my kitchen and you can stun other players by like pressing a button and this button like two buttons mm -hmm. and it goes around your hand and then you punch them in the head to stun them but i had moved too far and i literally punched like like this hard man like Oh, like the corner of my wall. Ow. Right. And like I screamed at like, you know, one in the morning um, <laughs> in a very manly Grizzly Chatham's kind of way, screamed. Um, and then I couldn't feel my hand for about a day. I'm sure your neighbors thought you were headed straight for Valhalla with that yeah. scream. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyways, VR is pretty fun. Uh, I've been enjoying that. It's weird. Do they have like movies in VR, like feature length That's movies? That's the other watch? thing. You can download apps like Prime and then- <sighs> Oh, you basically get placed in a virtual theater, which is fun. You see little chairs around you. Then you can like full screen it and you can essentially adjust the size of the screen and the angle. So it's like you're sitting wherever you want in the theater. It's really cool. That's pretty And then cool. of course you can plug in headphones and wear those. So it's like a perfect viewing experience, no matter the light in your room or how much your cat's meowing. It's really great. That's kind of legit. Yeah. It's super fun. Huh? I watched Tenet actually. Uh, quick question. Uh, how is the eye strain? I feel like this would be tough on your eyeballs. It takes a minute. Um, I've, I've done about an hour and a half. And at the end of that hour and a half, it was also after a long day, but I was like, I need a break. This part of my head hurts like right on the top because that's where like the pressure is from the headband. Have you so, adjusted it? Yeah. Okay. So it's, just, but it's just like, there's, you know, like a pound and a half kind of sitting on your head and like, I don't know. It's, it's, it takes some, um, some, uh, getting used to. Yeah, I was looking for a better word. Acclimation. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, acclimation. Um, training, muscle strengthening, your eyes maybe. Yeah. Anyways, that's VR for me. Hmm, that's that what sounds I've been fun. Doing. I'm going to have to come over and mess with that. For and sure. I've seen videos online of people playing, playing Beat Saber and like what's happening is like on the TV screen. You can cast so it. So it's like yeah. more fun for like party totally. Yeah, you scenario. can cast it on the TV. Because I remember so many hours and hours of good times with Guitar Hero and like guitar. What yeah. was that? The one with the whole band? Rock band. Rock band. Yeah. But they had a guitar hero set up too with drums and it was guitar, a guitar band. I thought you'd go with it. I don't know. I don't know what it's called. It's not called rock band. No, it was like Guitar Hero World Tour oh. that had drums and like two guitars. You could like get a whole group of people together. Did, could someone sing? I don't think so. Okay. But they could like, with rock band. Yeah, it sounds like rock band to me. I know that there was drums for Guitar Hero at one point. But either way, yeah. that whole concept is so fun. Way cool. And like Beat Saber looks cool. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you acclimate surprisingly quickly to um, the VR environment. Yeah. Which surprised me a little bit. 
like some people get motion sickness and and the one time it's bad for me is like when i'm playing that echo vr game the zero gravity ultimate frisbee game it's like when you are running into a wall like part of me just like my body's like oh like i flinch almost Mm because it's very convincing sometimes it's crazy how squishy and uh, flexible our brains are yes and my hand (laughs) apparently (laughs) what's up with you man what's got you hot about this week you know the <laughs> Skunk Saga finally wrapped don't, up. Don't do this again. You said so long. I like looked at the thing last week, and it was like the entire screen was you talking about skunks. But yeah, I suppose I'll do what we can. deserve the ending. What no, happened? I finally got my money back. Okay, so quick recap. Literally. Johnny was on vacation. He wanted a refund after a terrible experience at a at a campsite where he was in a cabin. And they, instead of giving him the refund, which would have finally been like, okay, thank you. At least I get my refund. They charged him again, which is awesome for me mm-hmm. to hear about. Yeah, what happened? Though? So then that was as of last week's recording, right? As of this week's recording, that happened yesterday. I finally got my money back. Oh, nice, dude. So this has been like a week and a half long. That's all right. It's fine. At least they didn't charge. What if they charge you again? Can you imagine? Yeah, (laughs) I had to do it over the phone and I was giving her my credit card number and she was like, all right, well, I'm definitely not going to click charge. I'm like, yeah, if you could, please not. That's great. Was it the same person you talked to? No, a different one. Way more sarcastic and funny. Okay. I liked the second one. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, so that's got me hot. Of course, it finally is. got my money, money back, back from that. that and it's been dope. gone long enough that it's almost like getting new money. Almost. Yeah, not quite. Almost. Uh, and the only other thing that I've been up to, let's see, uh, went to the lake, went to a, a fundraiser at the handlebar. That was fun. I was there. Yeah, we we both popped. That was a that. work thing for you. That was a semi work thing. Semi work thing. Yeah, but it was fun. Uh, the main thing though that has me hot this week. It's kind of embarrassing, but it's not. I don't believe in guilty pleasures. I believe in just pleasure. pleasure. Sure. Uh, Yellowstone. You're back on Yellowstone. I am all in on Yellowstone. I'm sad to hear that. We have watched all of it. All right. So what changed? Well, we watched 1883, and it kind of set the framework for like why we should care. I'm literally going to drop in a soundbite of when you were talking shit about Yellowstone a year ago. You should. I'm going to. You should. I'm going to put it in right here. It's got this really weird, like formulaic quality to it. Like it's very much like Sons of Anarchy, but with horses. Yeah. Okay. Um, sure. That makes sense. Like almost identical. Yeah. Like, one of the main characters in Sons of Anarchy actually wrote this show and directed it. Oh. I think I'm still getting to the point and like the meat of it. It's a lot of build up, but I'm like five or six episodes into the first season. So nice. Like it's to the point where I'm like, I'm six episodes in and I know that this family is like, does. Like, I'm waiting for the point. Yeah. Like, this family does, like, it feels like they do some sort of crime, but we don't know <laughs> what. Okay. Like, it's it's all, like, implied, and they've got, like, criminals that work for them that, yeah. like, if they have to fire somebody off the ranch, they, like, kill them. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, but fucking why, bud? Yeah. Like, Maybe they're, they're that like, good oh, of a mafia family. Like, you don't, even as a viewer, you're not even sure what they're about. That's yeah, well, as of right now, it's all implied. And they're like, he's been here too long. He's seen too much. I'm oh, like, God. too much of what? Horses? <laughs> I don't know what's going Show on. Me. And I don't know if it's because, I don't know, I need the drama or a distraction from real life and like de-stressing through drama and other people's problems. I don't know what it is. But after watching 1883, this show is hitting just right. Uh, since we recorded, I think we watched two full seasons. Aren't they like hour episodes? Yeah. Man. It's a problem. Oh, I got one more thing then. Uh, and 
we we had to stop last night because we realized if we watched the next episode, it was the season finale of season four, and then we're completely caught up. We just have to wait till another season comes yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. So watching that tonight, but I have really enjoyed it. I way more than I thought I would. Apparently, a year ago, I apologize. I think it was a year ago. I don't know. I tried it once and I couldn't get into it. It was also one of those times where there was so much stuff I was trying to get into that was like stacked. Yeah. Like it didn't just grab me sure. immediately in sure. like two episodes. Uh, and I think I was just ready for it. This it time. didn't grab you in the length of a feature length movie. <laughs> yeah. I don't. Yeah. Our it, whole yeah. brains when it comes to movies and series is broken. Isn't I'm that like, nuts? I won't watch a three hour movie. I know, but like, no, I'll watch 18 hours of a show in one day. I don't know what that's about. Yeah. But I won't watch a three hour movie or blah, 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 I think know. it's commitment. I think it's a commitment thing. Northman's too long. Right. I watched four episodes of Yellowstone For yesterday. Sure. Yeah. I'm an idiot. Yeah. It's fine. Um, Okay, then really briefly, I wanted to follow up on what you said I should do, which is watch Our Flag Means Death, mm, mm. of which there are 12 episodes. Did you watch them all? Watched all of them. It's great. It's Give great. It to me. Yeah, no, it's a great call. You said I should watch it because it was a show that was made for me, basically. Mm -hmm. Now, I think there's only one season. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Spoiler alert for Our Flag Means Death. It's a show on HBO. It's very new. Don't let me spoil this for you, okay? I'm dragging this out so people can skip ahead. Um, skip ahead a full minute because that's how long I'm going to talk about it. Skip ahead if you don't want this spoiled. That's it. I feel like I've dragged it out long enough. Spoiler alert. Um, it ended right with mm -hmm. with with Blackbeard leaving. Yeah, and Steed showing up and finding them on the island. That sucks. Yeah, because I finished it at a point in the night where I was like, okay, I need to go to bed no matter what. And then I realized, oh, it's actually the end. But I was like, oh, maybe I'm wrong. Like maybe there's more. And that was two nights ago, and I haven't had a chance to watch it again. Um, so thank you for deflating me because now I know that is the end. That sucks. Great show. A mm -hmm. um, bunch of gay pirates. Oh, I love it. What dude. fun. It was, it had such good energy and like, it's, yes, it's gotten an amazing cult following. It is. Yeah. It's fantastic. It's, do you, do you think that the poet dude's dead? He fucking better not be. I hope he's not. He can't be dead. He was great. Cause Blackbeard is irredeemable if he kills that kid. Right. And I really don't think that's true. No. Um, very good. It's a very good I'm show. Glad you liked it. I, I knew you'd love it quite a bit. Um, I love the episode of Steed and his wife sort of. Um, making amends. Yeah, corroborating. So awesome. And corroborating to yeah, fake yeah. his death. Yeah. It was so gangster. All right, no more spoilers for Our Flag Means Death. We're through it. But I really like it. Everybody should watch it. It's very good. Right on, man. Um, okay. Um, that's all I had, I guess. I think that's it. Do we know what we're watching next week? Yeah. What are we watching? We're probably watching um, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. I think we are. There's other stuff coming out, though, so I say we're at least going to be watching that. There's That's other fair. stuff out. Like yeah. it's, it's starting to hit hard. This summer movie season is coming up quick. Yeah, but this is the fun time where we get to pick the stuff we want to watch, totally. though. So I'm in for that. I've, yeah. Friend of the show, Chris Gomez, really liked it. I know. He's so I've heard a lot of people say it was much better than they thought it was. Oh, really? Going to be. Sure. So uh, I'm down with that, but we can figure that out. Yeah. Off air. All that to say, we don't know what we're watching for sure. We don't know what we're drinking, but we know it's going to be fun. We do know what we're drinking on Patreon. Yeah. which is um, a beer from Burning Barrel Brewing Company. Um, and it's a double dry hopped IPA. And I'm just visualizing what I saw in my fridge. I never saw the name of it, but I can picture all of the rest. It's got to Are you go. talking about Battle Worn? Battle Worn. You, you talking about the the beer Viking? You talking about the teal can with yeah. the purple Viking skeleton? You know me so well. Yeah. We're going to rip that beer apart on Patreon. In a, not apart. We're going to gonna review it. Is you think it's gonna be bad? No, we're oh, okay. gonna like I'm just battle worn. I'm in the mood. Oh, okay. I'm in a Viking mood. Sure, we're gonna bite its throat out. Yeah, and spit on its ancestors' ashes. 
instead of that. opening it, I might Jesus just, Christ, that was aggressive, Max. Piss on their graves. All right, we gotta go, Max. It's getting wait, wait. feisty. Um, oh, and we also might finally do our top ten of twenty twenty one because we need to do that. So that's either next week or the week after on Patreon, also. So we're because it's gonna have to, we have to do it before May. Which I, I guess, guess is now. I don't know. We could do it technically anytime this year. I guess we could. It's our show. We're drinking that beer though. Yes. So, uh, is that a Chica purchase? What a shame. Curtis Park Market as well. Well, get on Patreon. You can hear the whole whole debacle as it unfolds. Not live, but live to you. Um, the show wouldn't be what it is without the support of Bailey Minardi. All our friends on Patreon. Thanks to the handlebar. Um, thanks to you, Johnny. What a fun time. That's right. Thanks I'm, to you, Max. Yeah, that's my name. Okay. Yeah. Uh, say your thing. Oh, that's Max. I'm Johnny. Great. Drink good beer. Giggle with your friends. Yeah. And always be excellent to each other because that's, that's the most important thing. We love you. See you next week. This is Fresh Hop Cinema.